Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to this episode of Leadership Stars. First of all, let me ask you some questions. How do you want to end this year? Do you want to do it on the highest possible note you can? Well, you got to know it's all in your mind. If you want to make positive shifts in your life, you must start with your mind. It's not magic. It's science. Once you understand how your mind works, you'll learn how to correctly set goals that will motivate your mind to help you achieve them. So today, I want you to let the brain whisperer explain to you how you can tame your mind and change your life. I have with me a gentleman that I have either been on in uh, conferences and conventions together or we followed each other on stage, and that's Stephen Campbell. And I love Stephen. He has this just really bright way of talking about what can be a really serious subject. So, Stephen, welcome to today's oh, Leadership thank you. Stars. Thank you so much. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, I know. Um, just having you know, followed you and been able to chat with you at, at various speaking engagements, I have had just a phenomenal time with you and learning your take on the brain and how it works. So, Stephen, I have to ask you, you have two degrees. You have a Bachelor's of Science in Zoology, mm-hmm. and you have a Master's degree in Information Systems. That's not psychology. No, how, it's not. How did you actually, get there? Well, it's interesting. I was teaching many classes for beginning students mm-hmm. on how to study, how to take tests, etc. And I've always had a fascination with psychology. That's why my undergraduate degree was in zoology. So I began studying psychology on my own. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm in my library right now, and I'll probably have three bookshelf, three wow. bookcases of computer books. And so I began teaching in various universities students how to study, how to learn, and the presidents noticed that when they took my class at the beginning, they wouldn't drop out. Mm. So one particular president said, everyone's got to take Mr. Campbell's career transitions course, and during the years that I taught that course, the retention for those students went up like 93%, which is outlandishly high. It's just Mm -hmm. really amazing. And so the more I studied it, the more I realized these messages are relatively new. Psychology really began in terms of practicalness back in 1961, which we'll be talking about. And it was then that that we began to discover that the way we are today is primarily based on what we are saying to ourselves about ourselves today. Mm. So what you're talking about is that self-talk. And, and yes. I know there are many courses on negative self-talk mm-hmm. and all of that. So why is it so important to understand what self-talk is? Well, there's a scary part and a positive part. The scary <laughs> part is that, is that most of what we say to ourselves is negative. Mm-hmm. That's the scary part. The other scary part is that the brain believes everything you tell it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Here's the wonderful news. When you say, well, we'll go to the scary part and the wonderful part. When you say, I just cannot do this, your brain says, okay, and then make sure you can't. Because the brain believes everything you tell it, according to a number of studies and Dr. Mm -hmm. Ramachandran's work. That's a scary part. But when you say, I can do this, your brain says, oh, okay. And then you know what happens, Linda? It becomes obsessed with finding ways to do it. Uh Aha. Yeah, go ahead. The most exciting part was when Dr. Albert Ellis came to the front foreground in 1961 in a little book called The Guide to Rational Living. Dr. Ellis is regarded by psychologists as the second most influential psychologist in the history of psychology. Carl Rogers, usually number one, Freud, number three. Dr. Ellis suggested in his book, as I said a few minutes ago, that what we do today is primarily based on what we say to ourselves about ourselves today. Now, when he came out with this, psychology had a conniption fit. They said, no, 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 no. The way you are today because of your childhood, an unresolved childhood conflict. Of course, that was Freudianism. That was followed by behaviorism. Dr. B.S. Skinner, he said, no, no, it's all cause and effect. That was followed by it's on your genes. That didn't last too long. That was followed by environmentalism. It's in your environment, your birth order, your culture. And Dr. Ellis came back and he said, you know what? They're all true. 
Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How could they all be true? Because when you say it and you lock on to it, your brain's job is to make it true whether it is true or not. And that is amazing. So let me give you a story that illustrates this. For the first 42 years of my life, I said to myself, I'm really dumb in math. And guess what, Linda? You were dumb in math. I was dumb in math. Couldn't do numbers. But I discovered computers, and I began filling around computers back in the 70s. Got a graduate degree and began teaching computer classes. And one day, the dean came to my office. He said, one of our math professors just quit, so you're our new math professor. I said, (laughs) "Uh, I I can't do it. He said, you want a job? Learn. There's the book. Well, I needed a job, so I ran down to the Roner Park Library of all places, mm-hmm. picked up all the books I could on brain-based learning and psychology. That's how this whole thing started back ah. in the way before the Internet. And I began teaching my course based on how the brain learns, and students began saying, oh, my gosh, you're such a good math teacher. And then the dean came along. He said, you caused a problem. All the students saying, I will only take math if Ms. Campbell's my math professor. <laughs> and what happened, Linda, is I began switching the message I was giving to myself. I mm-hmm. began changing my self-talk. I began saying, wait a minute. If I'm so smart with computers, i got to be smart with math. Of course. And what did my brain say? Okay. Was it true? Don't care. Mm-hmm. All I care is what you tell me. But you say it, you lock on to it, and my job is to make it true. And Stephen, yeah, Stephen, that's very interesting because I actually, I've done some work with another company and the metaphor that they use for just what you were talking about is that, excuse me, you're in, you're in a limousine and you have a limo driver who's your brain and you sit in the back and you, you tell him where you want to go. You tell him what you want to have happen. And as you said, he goes, yes, ma'am, whatever you say. Whatever you say. That's right. My, my wife was telling me when she was uh, a principal, she said, I got to tell you what happened this morning. I woke up, remembered I was going to have this, have a meeting with a parent who was just a horrible parent. She mm-hmm. said to herself, I'm going to have a lousy day. And she's been, since she's been coming to my seminars for years. And she realized when she said that, her brain said, oh, Okay, yeah, you're right. In fact, I'll look for ways to make it lousy. <laughs> and she and said, I, so I, I jumped out of bed. I was in my other room in the, studying, and she said to her brain, she said, okay, stop it. Stop it. And her brain, the, the eyes got really, really big because she almost saw it. She said, honey, the eyes got real, and said, okay, I'll make it. I'll, I'll, you can have a great day, and I'll make it sure it was. And it was. First of all, the people never showed up. Ooh, that's even better. That's even better. And yeah. she said, and what she said is, it really comes down to what we say to ourselves about ourselves today. <laughs> today. So, Stephen, wow. is is this in some respects talking about the reticular activating system? Yes, yes. The reticular activating system has a number of jobs, but its main job is to lock on to what we deem is important and to filter out what we don't deem as important Mm -hmm. so when i locked on to being stupid in math my brain said okay yes you are and it made sure i was Mm -hmm. but then at 42 when i realized i got to change this i locked on to being really really smart and lo and behold i began really enjoying teaching math Mm -hmm. and i ended up writing two college textbooks on what do you think math yeah (laughs) was it magical no here's the point if Everything we can do today is primarily based on what we say to ourselves about ourselves today. Linda, we can change what we are saying to ourselves about ourselves when? Today. today? Mm-hmm. And what will your brain say? Oh, okay. Is it true? Don't care. care. <laughs> All I care is what you tell me. I love that. So. Wow. Stephen, what percentage of the brain is conscious versus unconscious? Well, most of it, I I don't know what the figure is, but most of it is unconscious because, (laughs) (coughs) pardon me, a very small part of it is unconscious because (coughs) the brain has to do so much. It has to keep your heart beating Mm -hmm. and everything else going. So most of what's going on is is very unconscious, but it's based. (laughs) <laughs> based on what we say to ourselves. Okay. Um, so I guess what's really important is that we we need that unconscious, as you said, so the heart keeps beating, we keep breathing, yeah. and all yep. those things. Plus, you've got all those 
um, things that you've learned, like how you brush your teeth, how you drive a car, yes. how you get dressed, and all that, that it's great that it's in the unconscious, because God help us if we had to relearn it every time we did it. Yeah. Be spent, yeah. That's what we'd be spending all our life to do. Yeah. So the unconscious is a good thing. But as you said, we build in there our belief systems about ourselves, our self-talk, and all of that, which can keep us from doing the things that we want to do and meeting the goals and, and having the purpose in our life that we're looking for, right? That's right. In fact, now you're, you're touching on to what is called a self-image. Mm. I'm a baby boomer, born in 47. I was taught that I have a self-image I have to maintain. That's only partially true. It turns out, Linda, we have thousands and thousands of self-images. Mm. You have a self-image for every single thing that you do. You have a self-image for how you see yourself as a radio host, right? as a mother, as a cook, as a dancer. Uh, you have a self-image for every single ability, habit, aptitude. You have all these thousands of self-images. Now, here's the point. Your self-images you were not born with. Mm-hmm. You were born with certain natural dispositions. I was born a natural teacher. I've always been a teacher. When I was a kid, I used to put rocks in my backyard pretending I was teaching them. I, was a, weird, I was a weird kid. But, <laughs> but our self-images are learned. And you know what they're based on? This is really exciting and scary. They're based on our self-talk. Our self-images come from what we are saying to ourselves about ourselves. Now, why is that so exciting? Three things. Number one, our self-images are hardwired into our brain, mm-hmm. so we can't get rid of them unless you're willing to have a lobotomy, okay? Okay, yeah. Number two, they're very, 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 very hard to change for two reasons. Number one, you've been saying these things about yourself all your life. Mm-hmm. So they're wired into your brain so deeply that you really cannot untangle them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two, most of what we say to ourselves, and this is not just you or me, Linda, it's the, it's the human population unless they've been trained. Most of what we say to ourselves is unfortunately negative stuff. Right. And so they're really, really hard to change. So what I teach in my book is that, okay, if you can't get rid of them and they're really hard to change, what can you do? You can create brand new ones. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, does this also have to do with things like um, gender heritage, you know, where we as women, uh, through probably most of our, our formative years, we're told you got to be perfect, you're going to be yes. somebody's support, yes. um, you have to know 99.9% of yes. the job before you can do it, that kind of thing. Is that part of this oh, self-image? Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's what you're saying to yourself about yourself and your culture certainly affects that. Mm-hmm. So what so what I say about myself as an American man is very different from what a Japanese woman says to herself mm-hmm. because of the culture. So it really does affect how we see ourselves. But here's the exciting part. If our self-images are based on what we say to ourselves about ourselves, again, I'm going to go back to this, we can change what we are saying to ourselves about ourselves when right now. And then the brain just says, oh, okay, is it true? I don't care. Is it easy? Linda, of course it's not. Right. Because you've been saying some of this destructive stuff all your life. But you can replace those self-images with new talk about yourself. And the brain says, okay. Okay. Here's a really neat principle of the brain. Mm -hmm. The brain hates change. It doesn't like change. (laughs) It doesn't want you to change. It doesn't want you to lose that weight or it doesn't want you to make more money. Why? Because that's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. It didn't work last time. Let's not my job. This is your brain talking is to keep you safe and risk free and change always means a risk. What do you do with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you do with that is rather than change, you replace You create brand new self-images because the brain does not like change. It loves to create new things. It loves creating new things. So we use that. So people say, well, I have this habit I'm trying to break and I just can't. And I say to them, why try to break the habit? And they look at me as sort of askance. I said, don't shy, shouldn't I? I said, no, let's not try (laughs) to break the habit. Let's replace it. Replace it with a new habit. Yeah, so creating new habits. So if somebody wanted to step into leadership, let's say, then what, 
in in two minutes, what would they have to say to themselves, self-talk-wise? Well, first of all, they have to say to themselves, what do they see as a looter, as a new leader being? Mm-hmm. What does a new What's the characteristics of a new leader? Okay. And they can sort of get out a piece of paper, and there's a left column and a right column, and the, the left column would be what are the characteristics of a new leader, and what are the characteristics that I naturally have. Mm-hmm. And there might be some that are there and some that are not there, etc. The ones that I don't have, how can I develop those? Okay. How can I create those new characteristics of a leader that I'll need if I want to be a new leader? And the wonderful thing about this is that when you do that, the brain, although it first gets it gets kind of fearful, it gets kind of excited because you're creating new ways of seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, Stephen, hold that thought. And audience, think about that. Think about the roles that you play today that no longer serve you, but you don't know how to change them. Because Stephen just gave you a really great tip on how to make that happen by replacing it not changing it. And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with linda.com that's linda at dare the number two dream with linda.com have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with linda.com now back to leadership stars welcome back and i am with one of the most phenomenal men that i know <laughs> um, oh my and he's a brain expert which i also find i, I find it fascinating as well as the fact that it's it, it's it's just so deep Stephen, and yet you make it you make it sound i don't want to well, say easy know, but it's but possible to make to make change by replacing the, the scientific community pretty much agrees that the human brain the human brain is the most complex organism in the universe mm-hmm. and what is so exciting is since 1961 we're we're learning enough to to realize it doesn't have to be the leader of everything it it listens to us. It listens mm-hmm. to what we want, and that has really changed a lot of how we see ourselves and how we see psychology, which is so exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. So, Stephen, real quickly, um, we talked about self-talk in the first segment and about changing or replacing uh, self-images that mm-hmm. no longer serve us. Self-talk isn't just destructive, but it's also constructive at the same time. How does that work? The way it works is that our self-talk is believing everything we tell it, as I okay. said to you before. Yeah. Let me give you a story that, that illustrates the point. Okay. I used to teach math at the University of San Francisco, and a student came up to my office one afternoon after the first day of class for the semester, sat down. She was very shy. She said, Mr. Campbell, I'm so glad you're my professor because I'm a C student in math. Oh. I said, what do you mean, Sue? So? She said, I have never gotten above a C in a math 
in a, in a class in math, so I'm a C student. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I used to be that way, so let me work with you. So I worked with her, and she got an A in the first midterm, and I gave it to her personally. I was so excited. I said, there's your A, Sue, and here's what happened, Linda. Mm-hmm. She looked at the test, and for the longest time, and then she said, oh, Mr. Campbell, this is a mistake. I yeah. said, what do you, I would have said, what do you mean, Sue? She said, I've never gotten above a CNMF test. She must have made a mistake. And I said, I didn't. This is a genuine A. So then she looked at it longer, and she looked up at me with a big, huge smile. Her face just lit up. And you know what she said, Linda? She said, <gasps> Mr. Campbell, <coughs> do you, pardon, <coughs> pardon me, do you realize what this means? What? Yeah. <coughs> this means that when I flunk the next test, I can still maintain my C. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't you love it? Oh, and oh. I said, Sue, just get an A in every test. Just <coughs> every test, she said, she said, I can't, Mr. Campbell. Why? Because I'm a C student. Uh. And that's exactly what happened. So I sat down with her. <coughs> and I said, Sue, what would have happened if you had flunked? this first test. Do you know what she said to me without a moment's hesitation? She said, easy, easy, Mr. Campbell. I would have said like crazy to get an A on the next test. So that I ensure that I get a C for the the semester. I said, Sue, just get an A on every test. She said, I can't, Mr. Campbell. Why? Because I'm a C student. And let's just go on with that. (laughs) Uh, wow not only my C student I've always been this way I can't really change I'm stuck or or (laughs) or Linda when did your old life end one second ago yeah one second ago which means when did your new life begin one One second ago ago. now do the math 80 uh, 60 seconds per minute 60 minutes per hour 24 hours per day in one 24 In one 24 hour period, you have, <coughs> excuse me, 86,400 new opportunities for a new life. All you have to do, Linda, is take them. And that seems so easy, right? It seems so easy, but it can be hard because your brain's fighting you. Don't Mm -hmm. change. Don't change because it's scary. And what we do is we say, you know what? I'm not changing. I'm growing. I'm learning new things. I'm replacing old stuff with new stuff. And the brain loves to replace. It loves to be renewed. Well, and I think, too, Stephen, that the the concept of um, living and growing and as you say, replacing things is, you know, the future, if you're looking at the future and you want the future to change, the, the future was a second ago. Yes. And now it's now it's today. Yeah. And we both have the coughs. Um, yeah, Stephen, I, I have a real quick question for you. The, the model that I studied was thoughts um, create feelings, that whole chemicals that get dropped into our system. Um, Bingo which uh, then create actions and then results. And some of those feelings and thoughts are, it's sort of like, they're not real. And I'll I'll give you a quick example. Um, I always ask my class, so how many of you love scary movies? And the bulk of them never raise their hand. And I go, well, why? You know, it's just a movie. And they go, yeah, but you know, my mind sees this and it and it engenders certain feelings and I get scared and my action is either fight or flight and and such as that. And I said, but you walked up to the ticket window, you bought a ticket, you may have bought some popcorn and, and, a, and a soda, you went and you sat in an auditorium, they brought the lights down and it's a movie. What part of that is real? And... Again, it's that whole thoughts to feelings to action to results. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I use uh, 9-11 as an example. As the Mm -hmm. world watched the towers fall, they had instantaneous feelings. Right. Of confusion, of horror, of anger, of of they didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Over the next few days, however, Linda, the feeling of every single person in the world gradually changed because their beliefs gradually changed. 
my beliefs change from your beliefs, change from other people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Here is then the most exciting discovery, I think, in the history of psychology that I can think of. There's mm-hmm. really two, but I'm going to share the first one first. Okay. And this is, again, from the work of Dr. Albert Ellis and A Guide to Rational Living. What he proposed, and we now know is true after decades of research all around the world, is that our feelings do not come from how we were raised. Mm, They don't come from what we've done. They don't come from events in our lives. Do you know where they come from, Linda? They come from our beliefs Mm -hmm. about how we were raised. Yes. And our beliefs about events in our lives and our beliefs about what we've done. Why is that so exciting? Because we can change those beliefs. Right. Well, I, I don't have any brothers and sisters, but I have heard that oftentimes in families, you know, they'll get together and someone will start a story about something that they either did as kids or that mom and dad did or whatever. And they finish the story and the other child says, oh, no, you got it all wrong. That's yeah. not how it went. I had five brothers and sisters. And yeah. Exactly, that happened all the time. Yeah. And so the belief, again, the beliefs are not necessarily real either. Mm-hmm. That's right? right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Your beliefs are very different from my beliefs. Your perspective is very different from my perspective. Your perspective of 9-11 is very different from my perspective of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Your perspective of Christmas is very different from my perspective of Christmas. Yes. So let's go to the holidays. Our feelings don't come from the holidays. They come from our beliefs about the holidays. Wow. So as I talk to people, people say, I had the most horrible Christmas last year, and my Christmas is going to be horrible this year, da-da-da. And, of course, when they say that, their brain says, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you can also say, wait a minute. That was last year, and your feelings about Christmas aren't coming from Christmas or even what happened. Mm-hmm. You're coming from your beliefs about what happened. Now, why is that so exciting? Because you can change those beliefs, and the feelings follow. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me give you a story that, that really illustrates this so well. Let's imagine, Linda, that you and I have been friends for years, and I show up at your front house with a shovel on a Saturday morning. Hi, Linda. Hi, Steve. How are you? How's the kids? How's your daughters? We're fine. I'm going to dig a hole in your backyard. You say, weird, but okay. So I go to your backyard <laughs> and start digging a hole. And you're watching me dig the hole, Linda. Mm-hmm. And you begin developing some beliefs. Let me see. We've been friends for years. Our kids have played together for years. Uh, Steve knows it's my birthday today. He also knows I love trees. Oh, that's what he's doing. He's planting a tree in my backyard. That's why he's digging a hole. Oh, Steve, you're so sweet. I love you. Call Mary. Get her over here. We'll have a birthday party and celebrate my birthday. Okay? Uh So that's one scenario. Right. Here's another scenario. We hate each other. We have hated each other for years. And I show up at your front door on a Saturday morning with a shovel. I say, hi, Linda. Hi, Steve. I'm going to go hole in your backyard. So go to the backyard and start digging the hole. Now watch this, Linda. Mm Mm-hmm. Your beliefs are completely different. Now you believe that I'm digging the hole to bury you in it. Okay? <laughs> That's where I went. <laughs> yes. Now watch this. Same Linda, same Steve. Same backyard. Same hole. Same shovel. Completely different beliefs. Completely different feelings. Mm-hmm. Your feelings are not based on how you were raised. They're based on what you say about how you were raised. Mm -hmm. And that's that's right. And that's wonderful because you can change those beliefs anytime you want to. Is it easy? Of course it's not. Mm -hmm. Because you've had these beliefs all your life. But you're not stuck with them. You're not victimized by them. Only though you are if you say you are. Mm-hmm. So I have people say to me, I'm stuck, I've always been this way, and I say to them, you know what, you're right. Why? Because that's what you're saying, and your brain makes sure it's true. Right. Yes. Is it true? Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, Stephen, I, uh, there's there's a second half of that model, which is around action and results. Mm-hmm. And the action usually comes from how you feel. That's that whole fight, flight, yeah. keys kind of thing. The, yes, and the amygdala. 
Yeah. Right. And, and what I find is that most people go, well, I'll just change my actions and I'll get different results. And what usually happens is they change their actions and they get the same results. Mm-hmm. So what, what I mean, I, I think I know what they need to do, but from your perspective, what do they need to do so that the actions change the results? They need to change their thinking. They need okay. to change what they're saying. Let me give you another example. Mary, my wife, smoked for the first 10 years of our marriage. And every mm-hmm. January 1st, she would say, this is a year, this is a year, this is a year. And, and she would quit smoking for a week or a month, and then she'd go back to smoking. Mm-hmm. The reason she could not quit is because she did not see herself as a non-smoker. Ooh. She never changed that part. All she said is, I am quitting. That's my action. I am quitting. And her brain said, why? Smokers smoke. And over time, she began smoking again because she never changed to seeing herself as a non-smoker. Mm-hmm. After about 10 years, after we had been married, she flew home to watch her father die of emphysema. And I picked her up at SFO, and she looked at me, and she said, you are looking at a non-smoker. Uh. And she hasn't smoked since. <laughs> Here's the point. New Year's resolutions don't work because they're concentrating on what you're doing, not how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. And the handle to how you see yourself, and this is so exciting, Linda, is if you want to know a handle on how you see yourself, pay attention to what you are saying to yourself. What you are saying to yourself reflects on your beliefs about yourself mm-hmm. and reflects on what you say on, on your self-images. And that's... And yeah, and that's so so very true. I'll I'll give you an example where it didn't change. My my mom uh, was a, was a smoker, as was my grandmother. My dad could quit smoking at the drop of a hat and keep it as long as he wanted to. Um, so he had a very in- different self-image. Yeah. But my mom and my grandmother both saw themselves as smokers. My mm-hmm. grandmother died of emphysema as oh, your gosh. wife's dad did, and my mom said, "I will not die of emphysema." And I said, well, mom, that means you have to change, change. your habits yeah. and you know, be, see yourself as a non-smoker. Well, she did sort of. She stopped buying cigarettes, but she didn't stop smoking them. Hmm. Isn't she, that funny? Isn't that yeah. funny what we do? Yeah. She, she found a way to, I, I don't know whether her friends bought her cigarettes and then kept them for her so that she always had one, but she'd go to women's coffee and... She'd have a cigarette. And I'm going, Mom, I thought you said you would quit. I go, well, I quit buying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Change is so hard. It is. So very hard. So what we can do, and this is what Mary did, is she said, okay, I am now a non-smoker. And she hasn't Mm -hmm. smoked since. Now, there's much must be a much better way of changing to have than watching your father die of emphysema. Yes. Okay? So what I do in my classes and in my book is I teach you how to replace those self-images with new ones. Mm-hmm. And here's the exciting part. Because your self-images are based on your self-talk, when you change your self-talk gradually over time, and it doesn't happen overnight, which is what people wish it did, and it yes. doesn't. What happens overnight is that your brain rewires itself. And here's a new concept that we haven't talked about called neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And what the brain does is when you change what you are saying, when you change your self-talk and you lock under that new self-talk, your brain rewires itself so that new self-talk because not becomes not only the way you think, but who you are. Right. Um, Stephen, I've, I've heard... Pros and cons to this. Is it true that it only takes 21 days to change a habit? That came from Maxwell Maltz. Maxwell okay. Maltz is an amazing, I came from psychocybernetics. Yeah. And it depends upon the habit. It depends upon what you're changing. Some are a lot quicker. Some of, them are, some of them are a lot. No, I just say it depends upon, some are easier to change than not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Maxwell Maltz, however, is just an amazing man. His story by itself, I'll give you a 30-minute summary of, of what he did. He was a... Um, a um, plastic surgeon specializing in in female facial reconstruction. So when he began his practice, he noticed that with a lot of his female patients, especially those who had been uh, injured for a long time through burns, through accidents, that when they did the surgery and it was obviously successful, they look in the mirrors and they'd say, see, I told you it wouldn't work. 
Yeah, they could they, not see the change. Yeah, that is so amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, I understand that. I mean, it's like I, I say things like, you know, I don't take a good picture. Don't yeah. do candids of me. Yeah. This yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I just did three of the most amazing photo shoots this year. And, and every yeah. one of the photos, yeah. I look fantastic. Yeah. I, actually had the, I actually had the photographer say to me on one of them, she goes, did you model for Vogue? Yeah. Because oh. these pictures are uh, amazing. And I went, oh, Linda. Really? Yeah. That's so exciting for Yeah, you. so definitely wow. changing my habits. Wow. Wow, that's exciting. So on, on that note, audience, I'd like you to think about those habits that need to change in your life in order to have the life that you um, have set in your vision uh, for 2018 and what of your self-image needs to change to make that happen. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I am with a guest that I'm just having a great time with and learning so <laughs> much <laughs> so much about the brain and and how it works. And I love the neuroplasticity um, of the brain as well, I, uh, the rewiring. I had a colleague who had had a stroke, and she started learning computer skills, and the doctor said, you are rewiring your brain, so you're getting new neural pathways because of this, and it's really, really great. <clears throat> so... Stephen, I have a question. You know, we, we talk about leadership, and yeah. the first two, excuse me, the first two skills of leadership that I teach in the art of hurting cats are vision and goals. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to 2018, and I know people are sitting there, hopefully not doing resolutions, mm-hmm. because as you said, those those don't work. But goal setting and vision setting for 2018. What tips might you have about? Um, not repeating the mistakes of 2017 or further back? You know, how do you, again, create a whole new year? Okay, well, let's first of all talk about what we do with our mistakes. And okay. then after that, we'll talk about what we do when people compliment us because it's okay, a area that we both need to understand. Let's talk about our mistakes first. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens when we make those big bonehead mistakes, which we all do every single day. Welcome mm-hmm. to the world, okay? Yes. What we say to ourselves and we say, oh my gosh, how could I have been so stupid? And as soon as we ask that question, our brain immediately pipes up and it says, oh, I know. Remember that dumb thing you did yesterday? Mm-hmm. And that dumb thing you did a week ago, a month ago? Remember what you did last year? Remember last, remember how you, and so I used to do this. Remember how you were the slowest reader in the third grade? Oh. And do you know what we do, Linda, is we get out this list almost. We get on a list, a mental list, and we go down and look, remember all the dumb things we've ever done. Now, this is really important to understand, and this is Mm -hmm. for your listener. When you do that, dear listener, your brain does not know 
that those memories happened a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. Mm -hmm. The brain is recording those memories again. But this time as if they happened when? Now. Now. And then you're carrying that stuff around. And the most wonderful news I have for your listeners this morning, Mm -hmm. and I get very teary-eyed when I say this, is you don't have to do that anymore. Starting now. Yeah. So what do you do instead? Okay, Mm -hmm. here's the steps. Number one, throw away the list. Okay? Mm -hmm. Learn from your mistakes so you don't do them again. But you do not need that list, okay? So forget the list. Number two, use three wonderful words. You know what the words are? What? The next time. The next time I'll do it this way. And the next time I'll do it that way. And when you say the next time, Linda, you're saying three things. Number one, you're saying there is a next time. Linda, how many next times do we get? An infinite amount. An infinite amount. Trillions and billions and gazillions. There's no limit to how many next times we get. Number two, when you say the next time, what you're really saying is, I'll never give up. I will never give up. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go sideways, I'll go slant ways or over ways or other ways or whatever ways it takes. Mm-hmm. That's number two. But here's the most exciting. Number three, the best for last. When you say the next time, Linda, what you're really saying is, you know what? (laughs) I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still changing, which means I'm still making mistakes. But just Mm -hmm. because I fail doesn't mean I'm a failure. Thomas Edison was asked how it felt to fail 999 times looking for the film of the light bulb. He said, I did not fail 999 times. I simply found 999 ways that didn't work. And I love that quote. Isn't that neat? Yes. So what we do with 2018 is mm-hmm. we say we're starting over right now this second. Because we've got 86,400 opportunities to do that just for today. And that's a lifestyle. And you keep thinking about that, and the brain locks onto it and rewires itself. So, Stephen, what you're saying is you don't have to carry into 2018 the things you don't want in 2017. So you start with a clean slate. Bingo. And yet what's so sad is that most people do. They Mm -hmm. somehow think, I need to do that to learn and da-da. And what we're discovering, no, no. No, everything is new. Mm-hmm. Everything is new. And here's what's so exciting. When you lock on to that new way of thinking over time, it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, it becomes easier and easier to think that way because your brain's rewiring itself. Right. So that's number one. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the most fun one at all that I love to share. What do we do with compliments? When people (laughs) say to us, you know what happens when people say to us, good job, we often say, oh, you know, it could have been better. Not really. That's egotistical. I mean, I could have done it. I was part of a team. I was lucky. But it wasn't really that good. I I mean, really, no, but no, 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 no. Okay, Linda, what have we learned this morning? We've learned that when we say something, what does our brain say? Okay. Okay. So the compliments fall <laughs> to the floor. Yeah. yeah. Which is not only sad, but what a way. So here's your new way of thinking. Ready? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Number two. This is the most exciting one. From now on, when someone says, good job, you look at them and you smile and you say, thanks, I know. <laughs> and I and I think that second piece is the most important. I oh, know. Yes, I know. And when I was sharing that, I did an all-day seminar in um, Huntington Beach for 300 Kaiser physicians and department managers. Mm-hmm. And when I said, thanks, I know, the whole ballroom just broke up and howled, <laughs> which really surprised me. But, they, but I'll tell you, they love me. They love me, Linda. They love me. They bought my book, my audio. They sent it for me all the seminar. When I was driving back to LAX in my little rental car, I was uh-huh. so excited, I almost drove off the freeway. <laughs> so I stopped by Chevron, and I got a tuna sandwich and a Coke, and I was alone in my car, so nobody saw me do this. So... 
uh, while I was waiting for the gas to for the car to gas up, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, I said, oh, you are the most amazing speaker. Mm-hmm. And what did my brain say? You okay. really are, Steve. Yeah. Okay. But here's something even more exciting. This is from the work of Dr. E.P. Seligman out of the University of, of Pennsylvania who wrote Learned Optimism. Not only does the brain agree with us, ready? Mm-hmm. It also says, ready? Hang on to your seat. And Steve and Linda and listener, I could even be better. Yeah. And I began thinking of all these ways I could be a better teacher. I'll do this and that and this and that. Now, if I had said to myself, you know what, you messed up here, you messed up there, you messed up here, which I did, mm-hmm. what would have happened to all those new ways of teaching? You would never have thought of them. I never would have thought of them. The, the gate would have been slammed. So here's your new way of thinking for all your listeners. Ready? And I'll say it slowly mm-hmm. so you don't miss it. From now on, when someone says, good job, you look at them and you smile and you say, you know what, that makes me feel really nice. Thank you for sharing that with me. And then when you get by yourself, you wallow in your success <laughs> like a pig in slop. Yes. Well, and uh, when I, yeah, when I'm teaching like speakers or, or, or someone who's learning a new skill, I do, uh, and it comes from a coach that I had, uh, Ann Evanston, who said, do this is what I liked best. And I also get them to feedback. What do you think went really, really well? Yes. Because, yeah, because I know, especially with salespeople, they're real good at tearing down what they didn't do well in a sales mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what went well? What What do you really like? What do you want to make sure that you do again next time? And then I don't really give them the constructive feedback until just before they can do it again. Because they're so good at tearing themselves down, and this would be, just be sort of a situation where they go into that negative self-talk. Yeah. So yeah. just before they do it, like the next sales call, I'd say, you know, this time, I'd really like you to concentrate on this. I think it will really up your game and get you exactly what you're looking for. And it was like, great, I can do that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, that whole criticism thing of… Yeah. You know, you didn't do it. You didn't do it my way. Yes, you didn't do it my way, or or whatever way. It, and and unfortunately, when you tell yourself that, your brain agrees. The brain yeah. says, "Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right." So you really have to be very careful over what you are saying to yourself about yourself. Okay. Let me share with you another story that illustrates this. Um, when my father died, he was very young, and and Mary said to me as we were driving away from the murder service, "This is thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. If you die early, I'll kill you." <laughs> Because I don't be a winner for 40 years like your mom's going to be. And I was about 40 pounds more than I weigh now. So I, I need to lose this weight. So I get up and run and swim, and I'll lose maybe two or three pounds a week. Mm-hmm. And I gain it all back on the weekend. I did that for 25 years, Linda. Wow. The reason I could not lose the weight is because what I was saying to myself, I was saying, you are a 240-pound man who's got to lose 40 pounds. Mm. Well, Linda, when I said you are a 240-pound man, what did my brain say? It said, yes, you are. Okay, yes, you are. And it kept me at 240 pounds. Right. It wasn't until I changed that message that I began losing the weight. But here's the point. I created a brand new self-image of being a 200-pound, very slim person, which I am now. Okay? Mm-hmm. There is still a self-image <laughs> in my brain of a 240-pound person. It's still there. How do I know? Because I've never had a lobotomy. Okay? <laughs> Now, I can, I can bring that self-image out any time I want to. Mm-hmm. It's my choice. It's what I choose to lock on to. Right. Stephen, Stephen, you have a free gift for our audience, yes. right? Yes. Could you, in just a few words, tell us what it is? And- the free gift is both a copy of my book and a copy of my CD, which is me reading the book. So what people like to do is they like to read the book, and at the end of every chapter, there's a couple of questions that they can fill out and all sorts of other stuff. And then they also like to carry the CD around with them so they can listen to the book because it's me narrating the book wherever they go. So those will that's my gift to anyone who wants them. So, audience, if, if you haven't caught all of these fabulous 
tips and tricks and, and ways of replacing self-images and the, the thoughts of the past. This is a phenomenal book. I have a copy of it. And yes, I have read it and listened to it. And I agree. It is an amazing, amazing book. Um, and Stephen, I thank you for that. It, the link to it will be on my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com. Just take a, grab that before. Uh, it'd be a great Christmas present for someone great. in your life. And could I give your listener my website? Absolutely. My website is stephenrcampbell.com. That's S-T-E-V-N-R-Campbell.com. And you can sign up and I send out articles of very practical new researches and how you can use that to change the way you think. Fantastic. And Stephen, you also have a radio show, right? Yes, I do. I'm on KOWS every Wednesday from 9 till 11. It's KOWS a 92.5 FM, just kows.fm, and you can find us on the internet. And yeah. Stephen, is that um, a local channel or is it a national it's a channel? Local. It's it a local, is local. But, but you can listen to it on the internet, on 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 your computer, yes. Oh, right. Yeah. That's a fabulous thing. Okay, so as we're getting ready to close um, our show, do you have two last tips to give our audience that will set them up for success in 2018? Well, actually, the two last tips are what I already said because oh. they, are, they are so wonderful. So I say them, I think, in order of importance. Number okay. one, when you do something well, don't wait to be complimented. Wallow in your success like a pig in slop. And that doesn't mean you're changing the world. It means when you do something well, don't let it pass you by. Say, good job. Because when you say that, you know what your brain says? Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. When you make a mistake, do three things. The next time I'll do it this way and lock on to the new way that you'll be saying to yourself. Let me give you one final story that says it all. Uh, um, Stephen, we oh, don't really. Don't have time. Okay. We don't have time for a story. That's all right. Okay. So do you want to give me um, sort of the rest rest of that? I know you, yeah. you did. The rest one is simply throw away the list. When you make a mistake and you get out the list, throw it away and use the next time. Because when you say the next time, you're saying there will always be a next time. I'm still learning and I will never, ever, ever give up. Fantastic. Thank you, Stephen, so much for being with us Thank today. Thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure. And audience, uh, if you have questions or want to learn more information, you can uh, email me at linda at dare to dream with linda about the art of hurting cats and leading teams of leaders. And until next week, I want to remind you to be courageous, dare to lead. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.